The Open Table podcast is presented by Campus to City Wesley Foundation and Studio Wesley. Studio Wesley is CCW's online ministry for college-age young adults in Northeast Florida. In this space, we intend to curate restorative content that will not only meet students where they are, but also walk with them forward. Studio Wesley was made possible in part by a grant from the Methodist Foundation. The Open Table podcast is open to everyone, where we share our stories on this journey of faith. CCW's story has always been one of transition. From teenage years into adulthood, from high school to college to career, from others' expectations to discovering personal identity. In the Transition series, we'll hear from some of CCW's young adult leaders as they describe the transitions they are experiencing during the summer of 2019. As we bring this transition series to a close, we're going to listen to a two-part interview with Gabby Hickman, who has been the Assistant Director for Communications and Media. How you doing, Gabby? I'm good. Yeah? Yes. Awesome. Uh, tell us how you even heard about CCW. Um, so it's kind of a, I don't even, this is like, okay, when I was in high school, um, first of all, I was born in Florida, and I loved Florida to an unhealthy level. And then I moved away from Florida when I was 11 and mourned that loss up until the age of being 18 because I never <laughs> got to go back. And I always told my parents, the second I turn 18, I'm going back to Florida. And so when I was looking for colleges, I was only looking for Florida schools. And in my search, um, my dad said something about you should go to JU. And I was like, oh, I don't really know if I want to go back to Jacksonville. But I, I looked into it anyway. And in looking at these Northeast Florida colleges, I have no idea to this day like how I found CCW, but I found them online while I was still a senior in high school. And I found like a live stream prayer service that y'all were doing. I found the CCW podcast. That's why it's a joke that Gabby's the number one fan of CCW podcast because mm -hmm. I listened to it when I was in high school in Ohio. <laughs> um, and I, for some reason, I just like followed CCW uh, online, even when I was a senior, and I think that's why um, the online space of CCW has always had such a heart for me because, or a heart, I've always had a heart for the online space in CCW because that's how I found CCW. Um, and so when I got to JU, I went, and um, yeah, that's how it is. Wow. So you started hanging out with us your freshman year, and um, I, it you know slowly begin to make community and uh, be a part of community rather and um, we were excited that you were hanging out with us sometimes our only JU student but um, <laughs> it, it was you were already sort of bringing uh, just a really beautiful spirit with you into our gatherings what was it like being a student in CCW it was tough at first because I I've always struggled with social anxiety, but when I was a freshman in college, it was at its peak level. So mm -hmm. my social anxiety has never been as bad as it was when I was a freshman in college. Um, and, a, and maybe even a sophomore too. A freshman and sophomore of college were the worst years for my social anxiety. And so going to CCW is really difficult because it was people that I didn't know. And um, I mean, people would make fun. I remember um, David would tease me. David worked. Um, he actually had like if people don't know David, because I know it's been a while, yeah. um, but David had the communication job that I had before I had it, so 
David was like the director of media and communications and he would always tease me like oh bye Gabby when I would leave because I would never say goodbye I would yeah. never like say anything um but I was trying to be faithful and loyal because I really felt like I was supposed to be there and so I just kept coming even though it was really difficult at first um I wasn't Methodist I had no idea what that was about so there were like terms that I didn't understand there were ways of doing things that I'd never done before that was like I don't get this um so it really didn't you know it didn't feel quite like home for me at first mm -hmm. but it felt like I was supposed to be there yeah um and so I just kept coming and then eventually it, it did feel like home but at first it did feel strange like a strange place being in CCW but wow <clears throat> so eventually um well I think before we talk about when you came on staff, you should probably tell the Australia story. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So when I was, or before college, time is like muffled for me, but before, before college, I had this dream that I wanted to go to a Hillsong conference in Sydney, Australia. And that's like, I would have just done anything to be able to do that. I just mm -hmm. always wanted to do that. And you came one day and you were like, oh, hey, and you fill in the blanks if I'm like getting this wrong because mm. this is kind of like muddled for me too. But mm. I feel like we were like at some CCW party hangout thing and you were like talking to everyone. And you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to Hillsong in Australia or whatever. And then you were like, telling me that I should go, but like it wasn't a CCW trip. Like you weren't telling everyone that they should mm -hmm. go, but like you were telling me that I should go. And I don't know if it's because I told you I've always wanted to do that. And you were like, okay, let's go or what? So, but we ended up going, it was you, me, and then two 30-somethings, right? They're like two 30-somethings? 20-somethings. Uh, oh, really? I think they were late 20-somethings. Oh, they felt really 30-somethings. I was like 19. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was mid-30s, so I don't think that they were in their 30s okay. yet. Um, well, two um, late 20-something, early 30-something women um, and then you and me, and I had not, I did not know these women mm -hmm. and I barely knew you. Right. Um, <laughs> and so I, but I'm like, I don't care. It's Hillsong in Sydney. I'm going to do this. And it was, um, a really interesting experience. Cause on one hand it was like a dream come true and it was everything I've always wanted. But on the other hand, it was super challenging, um, because of all the things that I think God was trying to do in me that I was trying to get him to stop doing and all the mm. things that, um, was going on with like just dynamics with the team and yeah. then you and I were like having issues communicating the whole time we were the yeah. whole time <laughs> and I was like uh, it was so it was like interesting because it was like the best and the worst trip I've ever been on <laughs> at the same time <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah. I'm really grateful for the trip because I do think that it helped take me to a place in CCW that I don't think I would have been if I hadn't gone on that trip. Mm. And I think it opened doors that wouldn't have been open. And it definitely opened my eyes to things that, um, that were happening to me spiritually that I wasn't, I wasn't going to be able to figure out what was going on until hindsight came in. Mm -hmm. But God was definitely doing things in me spiritually during that trip too. So that was definitely a needed trip. And I think it was ordained and I think I was supposed to be there. Wow. Um, but during it, it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. You, you got to tell the, the uh, story about the mall. So <laughs> everyone has an ism, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone, someone's race, like racism, you know, sexism, ageism. Everyone's got one. Yeah. And I, for some reason, ageism is my least favorite. And mm -hmm. I think it's my least favorite because the other ones, I can kind of see how you can be ignorant about it. But everyone, if you're lucky, especially, is going to be 
everyone's been a kid and if you're lucky everyone's going to be an adult mm-hmm. and an old person you know what i mean like yeah you're going to experience it so people are ages to young people i just get so confused because i'm like you've been a young person do you not remember like i'm just like oh what is happening so i don't like it and it's hard for me to explain but i really hate ageism on like mm-hmm. a really unique <laughs> level and so we were at the mall i remember these these women that were with me were older than me apparently not by as much as i thought they were um <laughs> i was probably 19 mm-hmm. um and i and Matt brought the mall and Derek's like, go get whatever you want to eat and we'll eat it. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm off by myself in the mall, going to find something to eat. I find this Indian place. I'm like, oh, bless. And I get the Indian food and I'm so excited. And I'm like, this is holy. I'm just going to sit and eat my Indian food. And so I'm sitting and I'm eating it. And I don't think anyone understands like Indian food is like, I need my sacred space. Like it's like a thing. <laughs> like I need to like really soak it in. And the other two women who were with us wanted to go shopping. And so they were like, hey, Derek, you know, can we go shopping? And, and shopping was like right downstairs. It was like two, two flights to the mall and we were upstairs in the food court and the shopping was downstairs. And Derek's like, yeah, that's fine, but take Gabby with you. And I'm thinking at first, I'm like, oh, Derek just doesn't, he wants to make sure I'm not left out. That's nice. So I look at Derek and I'm like, oh, no, it's fine, fam. I really just want to eat my Indian food. Like, I don't want to shop. It's okay. And then Derek goes, no, you, ha- you have to go with them. And I was like, okay, well, can I finish my Indian food? And then the women were like, well, if you finish, we're not going to have time to shop because we have to be at this place at this time and yada, yada. And so I'm sitting here like, okay, so I have to stop eating my food. Remember, this is sacred for me. I know it sounds petty, but just try, try and be great, gracious. It's not petty, Gabby. To stop it's eating not. my sacred Indian food for this activity that I don't even want to do. And I'm like, I don't understand. Why? And I'm like, why, Derek? What's going on? And Derek's like, well, I don't want you to be alone. You can't be alone. And I'm like, I was alone when I got my food, and it's fine. It's a crowded mall in the daytime. I'm not going anywhere. I just want to eat my food. The shopping is right downstairs. I can still see them. They can still see me. Um, I don't even know where you were going, to be honest. I don't, I don't even I remember. remember. But I'm just sitting here like, I'm so confused. And you even, oh my gosh, the part that really set me off was like, when you were like, your dad would would be so upset if he found out that I left you alone in this mall. And I was like, you know nothing of my father. I was like, he would pay money to get me to go by myself to some mall. I'm like, I don't understand. So I was just like, so it felt ageist in a way for mm-hmm. me because I was the only one who was treated like that on this trip. Yeah. Like I couldn't be by myself. I couldn't like just be trusted to eat my Indian food. Like all these things where I felt I was like, I'm an adult, like I'm fine, I'm okay. Like I didn't understand. And I, I, I have this like insecurity that people think that I'm like weak or whatever. And mm. so I'm having this thing where I'm like, I'm fine. Like it was just weird because I've never, I've just never experienced something like that before. So mm. that was like a whole thing. Yeah. And I, and it kind of lasted the rest of the trip where I was like, Derek doesn't trust me at all to do anything. I can't even eat food in peace. <laughs> like it was a whole thing. And, um, <clears throat> So yeah, that was that was a time yeah. for sure. And to that day, I've always called Derek Ages. Yeah, and and <laughs> I, I am what I am. Um, now, I, the story, and I mean, I could get into this sort of in our conclusion a little bit, but I, I've just really been grateful for the ways that um, you have taught me um, over the course of working together, our friendship, and in in CCW, and um, that was one of those moments that I realize that like I had this intent um, and then there's this impact and they're not equal. I'm still responsible for the impact even though the intent might have been 
something good. And even like when I like I re- I do have some emotion where I s- remember saying why and like as I'm even talking like this is BS. I can't <laughs> believe I'm doing this. But I'm kind of like already committed now. So now I got to like <laughs> egg it on. Um which that trip definitely um at least for me I felt a great degree of uh like we were I was really coming to understand your pr- perspective and and how you were experiencing the world and perceiving even my leadership, um, which is why I asked you to join the staff um, a little bit after that. Um, and so you've been one of the longest serving staff members of CCW and kind of like walked through several iterations of CCW. What has it been like to be on staff, first part-time and then full-time? It's been a lot of different things and different seasons brought different things. Um, First, it's always been kind of a dream because I remember when I was a student and um, I used to be jealous of the staff. I'm like, oh my gosh, you get to be on CZW with people all the time and get paid for it. And the staff (laughs) would be like, oh yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh man, I wish I could work with CZW. Um, and then you start working for CCW and you're like, oh, this is really hard. Yeah. Um, and I think that there was just, the reason why I think it was so hard for me was because I was going through, since I got to college um, and up, really up until June, last month. Mm-hmm. Up, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> up until, well, May, maybe May, it doesn't matter. Um, since I got to college and up until like May of this year, I have had this really spiritual, um, I don't even know how to find words for it, but it, it's been like the hardest season for me spiritually to the point where I couldn't even really human well. Hmm. Um, and my job in CCW, like, yes, like, you know, make the website, make flyers, make graphics, write blog posts, whatever, but... Um, the big big part of my job that I saw was really um, relating to students, serving students, being with students on the journey, being a sort of spiritual light for these students. And I felt like I couldn't do that because I could not feel God, hear God, believe that God was for me. And but I still loved God like to, you know, I, I, I still love God and I still wanted to be obedient and faithful. And so I continued to work for CCW because I love the students and I love God and love is really what got me through all of these crazy seasons working at CCW part-time and into full-time. Um, but it was the hardest thing I could have ever done because it sort of forced me to look at my relationship with God every single day. Hmm. Um, whereas if I was working somewhere else, I could have probably like ignored it and mm-hmm. just been like, I'll get with, I'll get to that at some point. But you know, when you have to like give messages or you have to show up to Advent and and serve students and you have to um, meet with students and hear about how God's abandoning them too, it's like one <laughs> of those things that are like, oh my goodness, what? Or even like opposite, like God's doing so much great things and you're like, oh yeah, because yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> mm. I also struggle with envy. Mm. And so it was, it's, it was really, really difficult. And I, looking back, I'm like almost um, embarrassed because I, sorry, I'm going to cry in this, I'm going to cry in this podcast a lot. Um, And I know that everyone loves me and I'm so grateful for everyone's fellowship and friendship and community through 
um, my working here, but I feel very embarrassed about how I reacted and responded to what was going on in my soul and then how I made people suffer because of that. And um, I don't know how I kept working here because <laughs> I just feel like I kept making, I kept feel like I kept hurting people. Um, even though I know like there's parts, like that's not the only true thing, right? There's two mm-hmm. sides. Like I've also heard beautiful words from students about how, um, you know, like, you know, for one thing I have, I have a lot of anxiety. I would cry at Evolve gatherings all the time. I'd cry during meetings. I would just break down all the time. And it was just a very vulnerable person. And as much as that was not effective for my job, it was also one of the parts that I think that people um, saw in themselves as well. And, And like students have told me that they feel like they can be a leader now, even with their anxiety, because they've seen me be a leader with my anxiety. And they feel um, understood and seen on a deeper way because I'm not afraid to hide what's going on within me. So I do feel like there's a strength in in how I carried myself throughout my working with CCW. And I feel like there is, um, I feel like God used it for good and for light for these students. And I, I do believe in the season the CCW was in that I was called to be there to be a vulnerable, authentic um person that told students that God not only cares that you don't feel him or hear him, but he wants you to say it. And Hmm. he wants you to tell people that you think God sucks right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like God wants you Hmm. to be honest with people about your view of God. And I think it says a lot about God and his character that he Hmm. even wants you to say the crappy parts about him that you think about him. Yeah. Um, and giving students permission to deconstruct all of that. And like, all, so if anyone else was going through a rough spiritual season that they could be like, you know, um, I mean, students have told me, they're like, why do you keep doing this? <laughs> like you obviously, you and God are on the fritz. Like it's been seven years. It doesn't seem like it's going to get any better. Like, why do you keep serving God? And I would just be like, I love you. <laughs> that's really, that's all I can think of. I really love you. And I don't want you to go through this alone. If you're going through anything that I'm going through, I don't want you to go through it alone. Because if I, I, when I was in college, the staff of CCW made sure I didn't go through that alone. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to fill their place and not give that back to these students that are here now when that's what I was given when I was a student. And so I think even though I'm embarrassed because I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, <laughs> like my social anxiety is like everyone thinks I'm so like ridiculous and weak and, you know, whatever, selfish and jealous person um and yeah but at the same time I I feel embarrassed but I also know that um that was that was my my call for that season and if it wasn't then God would have worked worked on he would have done everything he's doing for me now then Hmm. (laughs) but it wasn't time because Hmm. I think that there was it's like that verse and I think it's second Corinthians either first second Corinthians but it's like um bless the God of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles so that we can then comfort others who are going through similar things. Yeah. And I would not have any basis of ministry if I just lived a beautiful life with God all the time. And yeah. just like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to relate to people who are like, I don't understand what God's doing. I, I don't think that God cares. I wouldn't be able to relate to those people. I would just be like, 
And I would I would say the things that some Christians say that actually continue to put harm on people who say that because they can't relate to those things mm. or they don't let themselves relate to those things. I think we all like relate to it, but some yeah. of us just don't want to admit it. Um, and so I would have no basis for ministry if I didn't go through through that season. Wow. So as much as I'm embarrassed, I do think, we're, and as much as working at CCW is the hardest thing I could have ever done in my early 20s, um, I do think that that's what I was called to, be, to do in that season. Wow. Lord, Gabby, <laughs> all of that. Um, and, and that brings me to a, a thought. I mean, you are so, well, first, thank you for sharing that. And um, uh, yeah, that, that just, there's so much I want to say in response to that. Um, you're so talented. I mean, there's just so many things that you would bring to the table. Um, obviously, the media stuff that you would do, your your graphics. Um, I would get compliments from people, and I'd have to deflect those compliments and point them like to you, because like I didn't create the website, Gabby did. I didn't make that magazine, Gabby did. I didn't make that graphic. Gabby did, or Gabby organized a group of students to come up with that idea. Like Gabby did all of that, um, and in many ways, that that, that reputation um, began to precede you, sort of in our district, in our denomination here. But one of the things that I know people have appreciated about you and your leadership while you were serving CCW were your messages. And um, how did you feel about preaching? <laughs> Um, yeah, I hated preaching the way Jonah hated Nineveh, and uh-huh. I, I just did not understand why you, why God hated me so much. I was like, what is this? I was, oh, I, again, first, you know, I've said it in this podcast already, I've had, I have social anxiety, so talking in front of people is not my favorite thing. Um, I grew up in a, um, spiritual uh, denomination that's very different from CCW. So I'm like, I'm going to say something that people think is crazy or they're going to like not like it or they're going to God or Derek's going to be like that. It's not, I mean, I feel the right thing person, the crowd model. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say something that's not theologically correct just so I can make Susie feel better. Exactly. Like, and so I'm sitting here like, I don't know. And so I would literally every time before I preached, I would trap myself in a closet. And remember, this is the Gabby who's like, God doesn't talk to me. Mm-hmm. I would trap myself in a closet and I'd be like, listen, God, I was like, I'm going to be talking at whatever day. I was like, if you don't tell me what to say, you know, I will go to Derek and say, I don't have a talk. I have no problem doing that. And I will. I don't think you ever told me that. I don't think you ever came God up to me. Because God always gave me what to tell me what to say. But wow. just because like I would go there, I'd be there four hours and I would get nothing from God. And that's mm-hmm. when I would give him the whole like, oh, I'll tell Derek I don't have a talk. You know, I will. And God's like, I know, I know you will. <laughs> But really, it's funny because everyone always says like, wow, Gabby, like your talks are so good. Your talks, whatever. And honestly, I don't even rem- I would never remember what I said. Mm. Like I would take these extensive notes, but I don't even know how they got on the page. And it's just like a testament. And this isn't just me saying this because it's like the Christianese thing to say, like, oh, glory be to God. Like, it's all God. But like, no, like, yeah, it was Jesus. The Holy Spirit mm. was like, this is what they need to hear. And I, I want to say that because I want you to know that okay so at spring retreat one time after um it was like it doesn't okay sorry there's gonna be a lot of editing in this time (laughs) 
in spring retreat one year, um, Millie said that I think I'll, I'll guess I'll ask Millie that um, this can be published, but mm-hmm. I think it's okay because I'm pretty sure she said it during another one of those during one of those live podcast recordings. Mm-hmm. But I'll read it by her just in case. But Millie said that she feels like God isn't speaking to her. And she wants to know how I hear God because she feels like I speak her language. Mm. And that's when it really hit me that because I always felt the same way as Millie. I'm like, God doesn't talk to me. But the only way that I could speak Millie's language is if God spoke Millie's language. And it's just like God was like revealing that to me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so when you hear if you ever heard me preach and something hit you and something like really sat with you, it's because God saw you. God hears you, God knows you, and God speaks your language. And all he did was make sure that there was someone who could say it. Hmm. I don't speak your language. (laughs) I thought that I did. I don't. Hmm. Because I don't know any of your history. I don't have the context of your life. I don't know what you've been through and what you're feeling. And and people are very open with me and I'm very um, appreciative of that. But there's so many things that people don't tell me. There's no way I would be able to say something because I'm so wise that like hit you in a certain way. That is only the Holy Spirit who is talking to you. And so, and it's only like, because I, I mean, it does, and it doesn't come just right away. So I don't want people also being jealous that, you know, God told me, God didn't tell me for four hours when I was alone in the closet like I mean like well you know so it's not like this whole thing that I'm just constantly getting these revelations from God and like so there don't like have any envy about that but it's just Mm -hmm. I just want anyone to everyone to hear that um, I'm really grateful that I was able to give those words I still hate preaching I Mm -hmm. don't ever want to do it again but I'm grateful that I was able to give those words because every time I prayed I literally would just ask God what do you want to tell them and every single time, God would say so strong, tell them I love them, tell them I see them, tell them I hear them. And he would always rope it around to make it match whatever Derek wanted us to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> because God probably told Derek what to, to theme things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope, gosh, I hope. <laughs> well, you, it definitely at least for Into the Wilderness. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think that you know, all these words that we give that Troy, I mean, Troy said something one time that I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's like an answered prayer. I can't believe it. Like, um, you've done that before you came in that day you came in and just gave out water bottles and we might get to that story later. Mm. I was like, oh my gosh, this is confirmation. You know? So like all these things where like God uses everybody, like you don't even, you might not even know, like you may just be having a coffee with someone and say something that someone was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Mm. And you don't even know because maybe they don't tell you. So yeah. it doesn't have to be just in this grand scale of someone being really good at talk, giving talks, a really good preacher. Like pray the prayer, like give me words for today, which is how I view the, you know, on the, um, the Bible in the prayer, the Lord's prayer, um, give us, I say our daily bread. Mm-hmm. My version of daily bread are words because I feel very, I feel called to, to speak good words, to write good words. And so my version of give me this day at my daily bread is give me words for today. And I pray that every single morning mm. and every single night, just in case, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, give me words for today. And so, um, I, I think that, it, you know, you pray that prayer and, and it, it could mean that the words are coming from your mouth and it could also mean that someone, God brings someone to you to give you the words that you needed, mm-hmm. but God is always working through people to give them words and God is always speaking as much as like I went through these seven years being like, God doesn't talk to me. God is always talking. God is mm-hmm. always speaking. 
it may come from the mouth of Troy or Millie or Derek or Sydney, and it may come from the, the mouths of these people, but if it hits you, you know that that's the Holy Spirit mm. winking at you saying, hey, I speak your language. I know, I know you. I hear you. Yeah. So good. You brought up the water story, so let's talk about the water story, and then I'll begin to kind of bring us a little bit to the close. Nice. I didn't plan that. Sorry, I was just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go water story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I said in this podcast before that I was going through, um. And Tom, if I talk too much, I'm sorry. It's just no, I, you're this kid. is like. No, I'll just. Ty's going to edit this out. I, this has been worth waiting for. This this conversation has been so good, and you the the things you're saying um, are oh man. I mean, there's just so much gold of. One time I told Jared Lamine. Um, when it comes to the struggles of life, you can't go around them. You just got to go through them, which he incidentally said, that's the only thing of value you've ever said to me. (laughs) But what you're describing is that you couldn't go around that season Mm -hmm. and that all of these pieces were a part and not just randomly a part, like all of these pieces working in CCW, dealing with your social anxiety, all of the hearing God and your relationship with, with God, um, all of that you have to go through. Mm-hmm. You, you can't, and if you keep avoiding it, it gets harder, right? Like it, 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 is, it is almost, it is the God is absent, life is hard. Mm-hmm. It's a season we all have to go through. If we don't go through it, it throws everything else off. We don't, I love what you just said, that, you, you, it literally gives you the 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 place to come from to do ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry Allen talks about being wounded healers. That mm-hmm. um, it's only in the context of our own pain that we're able to minister to other people's pain. And so, this has been worth waiting for. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell Ty something later that he's going to be like, "Why are you changing things all the time?" <laughs> and he'll love me anyway. <laughs> um, so. Tell the water story. Okay. So. um, Because I actually don't remember it. So. Yes. Well, I have been. um, I want to. I guess I'll say absent from the CCW space, not only physically, because I've not been in Florida, but Mm -hmm. also spiritually, emotionally. A lot of people have felt this pull away. And I don't. I just want to say in the podcast that I love you guys so much and I'm not pulling away because I want to pull away. Mm. There was definitely a spiritual needing to isolate myself that was happening mm-hmm. and I couldn't really explain what was going on and I could, I didn't feel released to talk about a lot of it. And so yeah. um, a lot of people would ask questions and honestly, I don't, I didn't know and still don't know the answer to a lot of those questions. Um, questions like where are you going and what's next? Yeah. Um, but I didn't feel released to really talk about my journey, but I do feel this release now and if I decide later that I don't, I'll just tell you all to edit it okay. out. But um, this has been like a whole thing that I like literally can't even wrap my head around all that God has done in the spans of like nine months. 
Um, so we're going to go back to September of last year, which is where this journey began. Okay. Yes. So, um, and I love that you call it the water story because it's, I feel like my whole like season is like all about water and it's going to be good. Hmm. Um, so in September of last year, and I just, I, again, I'm sorry. I just, y'all know me. I love disclaimers. I just want to apologize to anyone who tried to be my friend from September to February. Like, oh my God, I don't even know how y'all handled me, but thank you. Y'all are like just angels. I can't. Um, but in September I was going through the most ridiculous spiritual mess that I had ever gone through. And remember, (laughs) if you've known me for this long in CCW, you know that I've gone through some spiritual stuff. And this has been like this particular night. And I don't even remember what it was about this particular night. I was bawling. I was sobbing. I was screaming at God. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't feel right. I don't feel right. Don't feel right. God hasn't spoken to me personally. He's spoken through me, but he hasn't spoken to me personally since sixth grade. But I hear very clearly this sentence that I will never forget. Pray against the spirit of confusion and drink only water until you get the clarity you need. And after that sentence, I felt immense peace and I was, and I felt released and I was like, okay, like everything that was burdening me was just over Hmm. and I was like, got it. And so, um, I started praying against the spirit of confusion and I started drinking only water. The very next day you were giving a talk at JU and you had a bunch of water bottles and you said something like, I don't, I don't even know why I have these water bottles. They don't really go with my message. I don't even know what I'm doing, but I really feel like God is telling me to give you water bottles and tell you to drink water. And I'm just like laughing because I'm like, LOL, like this is, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Derek, that it had to be a whole thing. But I, I think that it's supposed to be confirmation for this wow. journey that God's bringing me on that I'm supposed hmm. to be drinking water for clarity. So I do the fast and I think that I'm trying to get clarity on a couple particular areas of my life, but I'm not going to divulge those areas of my life here. Um, But I'm going through this for a couple of months. And, but before I I actually want to read, this is my prayer journal. I write all my prayers down Mm -hmm. and I want to read the prayer that I wrote the day that God told me to pray for clarity. Hmm. And if I pause or anything, it's because there's parts that I just don't feel like they're too personal or something, (laughs) but most of it's not that personal. 